Hello to all and welcome. It is Thursday afternoon in Tyler, Texas. It is the summer and on Thursdays and Tuesdays, that means that it is time for Bill's Facebook Bible Studies. I appreciate you joining in as we look through the Daily Bible in chronological order edited by Dr. F. Lagarde Smith. Great Bible study tool, a great Bible reading tool, daily Bible reading. If you've never done that, I you've heard me say a million times, maybe a slight exaggeration, read today's reading first. Uh, start with today, June 9th, and then go on and catch up if you are a little behind or if you're just now starting, start right there and uh, go forward. And if you want to read behind, uh, behind you, that's fine too. But don't get behind in the future. That's the only thing. It's hard to catch up when you get far behind. Not impossible, but hard. So best, as you know, to uh, continue to stay on track. And that's what we're going to try to do today. We've been reading about Elijah and Elisha this week. Both prophets. Why in the world the Lord would call two prophets so close together with such similar names? I don't know. Joyce and I were talking about that, and she said something like, why not one Bob and one Sam? I mean, for goodness sake. But that's not the way it was. So we have Elijah, who was this great prophet. We talked about him on Tuesday and his interactions with wicked King Ahab and wicked Queen Jezebel, Ahab and Jezebel, and how God overpowered all those prophets, false prophets of false gods, Baal and Asherah, uh, there on Mount Carmel. And then when Queen Jezebel threatens Elijah, he runs for his life. He's spent and he goes into a, a depression and God helps him through it, helps him to get some rest, helps him to get some food and water, helps him to get some uh, exercise by walking a bit, and also helps him to accomplish some tasks. Uh, tells him to anoint this person king and that person king and that person king, and they'll take care of things. And also to uh, call on Elisha to replace uh, him, Elijah, as prophet. Both Elijah and Elisha have very similar ministries. They do a lot of miracles, especially Elisha. And they also are forerunners of the time of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. We'll see some of that um, today. Actually, today, if you have your daily Bible, access to it either on your phone or your laptop or your tablet or even one like I have. This is the old, old version of the Daily Bible, and it's the one that I first started out with. And, and so I'm going to be reading from it today as we look at June the 7th reading, June the 7th, which is really where uh, we are more formally introduced to Elisha and his prophetic work. Earlier, God, as I mentioned, God had told in 1 Kings uh, 19, God had told uh, Elijah to anoint Elisha and call him to be a prophet and to replace him when his time comes. And that's what we read about uh, today. And it is 
there are a couple of instances where someone uh, passes from this life without dying. And uh, one of those we read early on in our readings in the book of of Genesis. And uh, we read about that and how he was not because God took him. Well, there's a second uh, time where that happens. And it's this story about Elijah with a J, uh, just as Enoch in, in Genesis in those first few chapters was uh, taken up, was uh, uh, spent that time with God and God took him because he had walked with God and we don't understand exactly what all that means but we get a little bit more detail about what happens with Elijah so I do want us to do some reading uh, today and this starts on the June 7th reading if you have your daily Bible but it also uh, starts in 2nd Kings chapter 2 we'll be in just a few chapters in Second Kings, and uh, today we're going to start in in chapter two. It's really interesting stories uh, that revolve around Elijah at the end of his life and Elisha at the beginning of his ministry. Uh, you're you it it makes you smile a few times. It's just that fun. Second uh, um, Kings two, beginning at verse one, when the Lord was about to take Elijah. Up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha, sorry about that, were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down uh, to Bethel. And now in the next statement, we see why Elisha says, no way, I'm not leaving you today. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Not only did Elisha know it was about to happen, even some of the other prophets uh, had been given that message from the Lord. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied the same, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan, to the river. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan River. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Just as Moses had parted the Red Sea, just as Joshua had led the people in crossing the Jordan River, Elijah has this miraculous event as well, but it's not the last one. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, not. 
Now we know why Elisha was so stubborn and said, uh-uh, not leaving you. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Verse 12 of 2 Kings 2, Eli Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Just as Elijah had done shortly before his death, now Elisha has been given that measure of the Spirit of the Lord uh, from Elijah, from the Lord, and he is able to have a miraculous crossing of the Jordan River himself. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The Spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went out to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. I don't think this was meant to give Elisha the big head, but rather God had plans for him, and he had given those plans to Elijah before uh, and said, you need to anoint Elisha to be your replacement. Now he has been given a measure of the Spirit uh, comparable to what Elijah himself had, and now Elisha is going to begin his ministry. Well, the, the, the 50 prophets and the others uh, that were there with them, their servants and everyone, they want to call out a search party and go look for Elijah. <laughs> Elijah says, you're wasting your time, guys, but they do it anyway. And then they come back and they say, wow, we couldn't find him anywhere. And Elisha says, duh, first time that expression was ever used. You'll have to check me out on that. But Elisha says, duh, I told you guys, don't waste your time and don't go looking for him. Well, now begin several stories of miracles that uh, uh, we see given to Elisha to perform to enhance his credibility. Um, 2 Kings 2 verse 19, the men of the city said to Elisha, look, our Lord, this town is well situated as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained wholesome to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that in many third world countries today? Um, but that was the case with Elisha. 2 Kings 2 verse 23 begins one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible, and you're about to see why. 2 Kings 2 23. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some youths came out of the town and jeered at him. Go on up, you bald head, they said. Go on up, you bald head. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. And he went on to Mount Carmel from there and returned to Samaria. Okay, okay, I know, I know, it's not a good thing that children were mauled, even bad kids, even bad boys, uh, who were making fun of a bald-headed guy. But, but give me a minute here. 
<laughs> Let me just revel in the fact that vindication was immediate, and um, and Elisha was able to uh, um, help everyone realize that you know bald heads are okay too. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is God made all heads. But he covered up the ones he was a little bit ashamed of. <clears throat> okay, Bill, let's go on. Second Kings chapter 4 is where we continue on in the daily Bible because, again, Scripture is not written chronologically. Lagarde Smith has done a lot of homework to bring it together. And so Second Kings 4 verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She didn't have enough oil to fill all those jars, but with Elijah's miracle, she does. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there isn't a jar left. And that's when the oil stopped flowing, but it was enough. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Well, now we're introduced to a woman that Elisha is going to um, have uh, uh, be able to uh, stay with. Uh, in 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 8, one day Elisha went to Shunem. This is an area, I think, north of Jerusalem in the Jordan River, northwest of the Jordan River, uh, west of uh, the Sea of Galilee. One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. A very gracious thing. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi. Now, I'm not sure that that's how you pronounce it. We're going to read it some more about Gehazi in the next few days. I like to call him Crazy Gehazi. Um, and you'll see why when we get to that. some other stories coming up. Uh, but for now, uh, Elisha calls to his servant Gehazi and says, Call the Shunammite. So he called her. And she stood before him. Elijah said to him, Tell her, You have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? She didn't ask for anything. And so Elisha asks Gehazi, What can be done for her? And he says, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, Call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. This woman had her hopes dashed so many times through the years, and she just couldn't bear to see that happen again. 
Nevertheless, in verse 17, but the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. Well, a few more stories about uh, Elisha before we end our study. In 2 Kings 4, beginning at verse 38, Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in that region. While the company of the prophets was meeting with them, he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and cook some stew for these men. One of them went out into the fields to gather herbs and found a wild vine. He gathered some of its gourds and filled the fold of his cloak. When he returned, he cut them up into the pot of stew, though no one knew what they were. The stew was poured out for the men, but as they began to eat it, they cried out, O man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat it. One of those great statements found in Scripture, there's death in the pot. Um, Elisha said, get some flour. He put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people to eat, and there was nothing harmful in the pot. Elisha took the death out of the pot uh, in a miraculous way. And now something looking ahead to the time of Christ. 2 Kings 4 verse 42, a man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain along with some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. Sound familiar? How can I set this before a hundred men? His servant asked. But Elisha answered, Give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. Well, this next story is one of great disaster and compassion and healing and joy uh, involving this same woman from Shunem. 2 Kings 4, verse 18 and following. The child grew, the Shunammite's uh, son that had been born to her at the word of Elisha grew. And one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. She knew why she was going. Her husband didn't. Why go to him today, he asked. Is not the new moon? It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on. Don't slow down from me unless I tell you. Um, so she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Could be that Elisha already knew what was going on. Everything is all right, she said to his servant, not to Elisha. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. He knew something was up from the start, but it had not been revealed to him how serious it was. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? Which the answer is no, she didn't. Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt, take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Interesting to see the difference here 
between uh, Elisha's attitude and what Jesus would one day do in John 11 with the brother Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, his friends. But the child's mother says, said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. She wanted him to go and she wanted him to go with her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite, and he did, his, the boy's mother. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. What a wonderful, wonderful story of the faith of this woman and the power of God seen in his servant, Elisha. Well, another story ends up this passage at the beginning of Second Kings chapter 6, when Elisha is out with some of the prophets and some of the servants, and they're uh, cutting some wood, and sure enough, one of them has an axe head that falls and drops into the water. And it, uh, the axe head comes off uh, the handle, and it's really funny because you would think that, well, that won't matter at all. But then the servant says, no, 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 it was special. It was borrowed. <laughs> it's not mine. And so Elisha says, well, tell me exactly where it fell. And he tells him. And Elisha goes there and uh, throws a stick in. And sure enough, the axe head uh, begins to float, comes up to the top, and he is able to get it back. Well, there's going to be some more great stories about Elisha, especially one involving a non-Jew, a man by the name of Naaman, who is a Syrian. And um, that's going to be a great story. Jesus himself would remember some of these stories in his ministry. And he would look back on these stories of Elijah and Elisha, and he'd use them to tell the people God's love is for all just as Elijah's love was, just as Elisha's love was, just as their power was shared with others, God's love and power is shared for all. I hope you have a good weekend. I look forward to some more stories in the days of our reading coming up and being able to talk through some of those on Tuesday of next week. God bless.